listeners, it's Tumi and you are in for a treat this episode. If you are an entrepreneur or a budding business owner, this episode is for you. We're going to be talking about day design today and that's really all about structuring your day in a way that works for you, right? And this episode is basically going to be a part of a series where I speak to women founders, creators, and owners of color. And they're basically going to share how they have become more efficient in structuring their working day, their working weeks, uh, to get the most out of it professionally and personally. So the reason why I want to talk about day design is because so many people are going through burnout because they're doing too much, moving too fast, they're not productive, they're frustrated and they're stressed. And simply because boundaries aren't being set. Now I know that productivity is important, we all want to get the most out of our day, but not everything needs to get done. So really developing the skill of being honest with yourself on what really needs to get done today versus what can wait. Now I know and you've probably seen on social that I tend to be the kind of person that likes to plan and organize and I have a to-do list of the things that I want to get done in the day. But what I will say is that the list isn't crazy. It's not a laundry list. We're really talking about three key things that I need to get done today or that I want to get done today. Maybe what I'll do is I'll have one thing that's meaty, it's chunky. Maybe it's budget planning, maybe it's presentation preparation, maybe it's a project that I want to kick off and ideate around. And then I'll supplement that with maybe two other items that are much smaller. So maybe that's approving artwork or updating some slides. Being realistic is super important because for me, I want to get to the end of the day and feel good about what I was able to achieve. And the reason for all of this is simply because I am striving for a life of ease, as some of you already know. There were a few tools that I did implement in my last job that helped every day feel better for me. The first was setting boundaries with my team. I looked at my calendar and I decided that I didn't want my calendar to own me. I needed to take responsibility and take my calendar into my own hands and make it what I need it to be. So a few examples of that are no meetings for the first two hours of the day and the last hour of the day too. The first two hours were really for me to kind of ground myself in my day, set my priorities, review any emails, get back to anybody urgently that I hadn't the day before. I just wanted to ease into my day. The last hour of the day was my wrap up hour. So reviewing my day's checklist, did I achieve what I set out to do? What are the things that need to roll over tomorrow? And then lunch gotta stick it in there right full-time employees we get paid to take our one hour lunch break so why waste them in addition to that what I was realizing was that I was spending way too many hours in the day in meetings back to backs I'm talking on average six to seven hours a day in meetings that was nuts when am I supposed to actually get the work done in my personal hours no So the solution for that, for me, was really taking a look at my calendar. How many hours do I have in my working day? Seven, if I take away my hour for lunch. How much of my day do I wanna spend in meetings? I decided half my day was more than enough. Three and a half hours. So what did I do with the rest? I would simply put in blocks in my calendar, ensuring that I was leaving half of my working day available for anyone to put in meetings with me. That was a game changer for me because I realized that I didn't have to accept every meeting that came into my calendar for the proposed time. I could go in and I could reschedule the meeting for a time that was convenient for me as well as for them. So just remember, your calendar is yours to own. Your calendar doesn't have to dictate how your day is going to be. You can take control of it. And the last thing that I would highly recommend where you can is scheduling short breaks. I'm talking 15 minutes. 
In that time, you could do a multitude of different things. You can take a walk, get some fresh air, maybe take a walking meeting, one of those times where you don't need to be in front of your laptop, you just need to have a conversation with a colleague, take a walk while doing that. Maybe it's time to get your laundry done if you're working from home. Read, get a couple chapters in, call a friend. And a tip for you is I loved to color code these little short blocks in my calendar. For me, they were just a little pop of joy in my day. Um, and being able to see that visually in my calendar was, was, always, um, was always a plus. When I day design like this, the results are a reduction of stress, I feel way more productive, I feel good, and I feel balanced. And being an introvert, this works for me. It allows me to control how much of my day is interfacing with people in meetings. And let's remember, and I'm gonna get in close on this one, not all meetings need to be video meetings. All of a sudden, we've forgotten about audio calls. Anyway, on that note, I'm really excited to introduce you to my guest here in the Texture Lounge, Kimberly Brown. Kimberly is a career and leadership expert, also the founder of Manifest Yourself, which is a leadership development company. She's all things strategic career development for women of color in the workplace. And in case you didn't know, Kimberly's also the bi-weekly career columnist for New York Magazine's The Cut. So if you're listening and you are recalculating your career, Maybe you're looking to set yourself up for your next move, or maybe you're even trying to reposition yourself in your current place of work. Let me tell you this, Kimberly is your go-to, aka my coach in my head. I don't know if you know this, Kimberly, but in my lead up to me leading, leaving corporate, um, you were definitely very much present on a daily basis in the lead up to my leap. You know, you're your podcast, your next move, your book, next move, best move, transitioning into a career you'll love, definitely shared some gems with me in terms of how to take this moment in my career um, and take that leap. So Kimberly, welcome to the Texture Lounge. Thank you so much for having me. And I am so honored to hear that I'm the coach in your head. I think <laughs> that's that's 100% the goal I feel like with my podcast is that I want people to feel like they have a career coach. So that is just, I love it. It just makes me smile. Makes oh, me so good. happy. Smiles, <laughs> smiles on a Friday morning. I love that. Yeah. All right. So today we're going to be talking about day design, um, which really is my alternative way of saying planning out your day. But Day design feels just more intentional, more deliberate about making the day and its results what I want it to be. So today we're going to be talking, you know, starting the day with a success mindset. And for me, that's eating the frog. Have you ever heard of that phrase, Kim? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, eat the frog, for those who don't know, is um, basically a phrase that describes like doing the hard things first right? So Mm -hmm. I think it was the writer, Mark Twain, for those who don't know, he, there's a quote out there that that he said, which was eat a live frog first thing in the morning and nothing worse will happen to you the rest of the day. So, (laughs) (laughs) so start the day and see for me, eating the frog is like getting my workout in first thing, or maybe it's wash day for me because you know, that takes time, right? So if I yes. can get that done first thing, I feel like I've, I've already climbed Mount Everest. Um, maybe for someone else's, you know, starting that project or getting that presentation deck wrapped up. So we're going to be talking through things like that, uh, setting a realistic and balanced to-do list because it's super important to be real. You don't want to throw your whole kitchen sink at your to-do list. Like pick three, maybe three things, one meaty thing, two uh, smaller things, to get done in your day, because that's going to help increase work productivity, your creativity, and then ultimately that goal of achieving that feel-good factor at the end of the day. But Kimberly, before we get into it, what is it about you that makes you great at what you do? Oh, I love questions like this, because I think that in this day of online business, right, there's so many people doing similar things. Mm. So it's 
always important to understand like, okay, this is why I want to work with this person over this person, or I like this instead of this. And I think what I always share with folks when it comes to career leadership development is that my whole career has been really dedicated to helping women and people of color navigate the world of work, make more money and position themselves as leaders. So I spent nearly 10 years in higher education institutions doing career coaching mm-hmm. um, before I moved into corporate HR where I worked in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. So in higher ed, I like to say that I worked with folks who were age 18 who didn't know what to do with their lives, a lot of that self-discovery stuff, all the way through folks in their 60s who had so much experience but just wanted to find joy or wanted to try something mm-hmm. new or needed to magnify their skills or people in like their 40s were really getting ready for that C-suite. So how do we get yeah. you into the actual C-suite role? Yeah. Um, and I've been really industry agnostic. So I've worked across all industries. The only folks who I generally don't work with are lawyers and doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, when it's more relational, interpersonal relationship type of stuff. Um, but when it comes to career transitions, I generally don't touch those two industries. But um, across the board, and then when I worked in corporate HR, I worked in a global company, um, and I built up a strategy to recruit, retain, and promote women and people of color across mm-hmm. the globe in a Fortune 100 company. So my experience literally has been all about helping people navigate the world of work, which I think is a little different from other career coaches yeah. out there, um, because a lot of times people become career coaches based upon their unique experience in a specific industry doing a specific thing. But I was trained to work with people across everything. So I love that I have a a robust toolkit to pull from when I'm coaching to help get my clients the results they need. Now, I know no one likes to choose their favorite child, (laughs) but (laughs) given that you have such a wealth, such a large scale of experience across generations, really, do you have a favorite sort of generation or coachy segment that really gets you excited and amplified to to work with them oh 100 percent. so I always feel like it's like the middle the biggest piece of my audience I joke and say are folks who are uh probably around like 27 who I say are over employed like they probably graduated early they were those like they did all the internships they got into that perfect job when they graduated so they mm. scaled their career really fast and yeah. now they're looking around like oh my god like I I don't have the relationships that I need. Like now they're competing with people who are a little older than them. Yeah. Um, So how they showcase their experience and really that personal branding piece is so key all the way. I'd say to the folks who are, let's say late thirties, early forties. And they're on the opposite end, right? They're underemployed because they have that mentality, you know, the baby boomer mentality. Mm Because I know I have baby boomer parents, which is like, you put your head down, you work really hard and magically someone will see that you're doing it and give you the role, but they're like, yo, I've been in this role for like five years, 10 years, 15 years, haven't been promoted, like, and I'm over it. Like, I'm tired of these 27-year-olds managing me. Right. (laughs) That's very real. That's the spectrum, and I think that the commonality there is, like, people are looking to get into that first real leadership role, like, where you have a seat at the table based upon the role that you're in, Mm. not because you're building influence from where you are, because I believe everyone can be a leader, but, like, your role dictates now that you have influence, you have power, whether it's through team, access, funding, whatever it is, like, that's, like, I really like working with people when they're getting into that transition. Super clear. All right, and what's one word to describe how you're feeling right now this Friday morning. I don't know what the weather's like where you are, but we've got blue skies and it's super warm. You know what? I feel relaxed. And it's so funny because I'm like, I'm not sure if we're allowed to say, but yeah. like, this is our say second, it. our second, it's our second record because yeah. technology was not on our side. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the sun, the moon, the stars, whatever it is. Who knows? Um, but I, but before I said overwhelmed, but now I <laughs> it's a Friday morning. Like I am on my phone versus my computer. So I'm completely like undistracted. Like I'm looking at like the my New York city skyline from my window. So I feel really relaxed and calm. So I'm so happy that I was able to change that answer. This time yes. Around. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was wondering, is she going to give me a repeat of what we, um, of what she said the other day, feeling overwhelmed and totally fine. Of course, if that's how you feel, but I'm glad that I got you on a Friday when you're feeling relaxed and you've got a nice view to look at. So I'm, I'm yeah. thrilled. Um, and what are you reading? Okay. So I read a, a multitude of books based upon like my mood. So, 
Um, I actually just started the high five habit yesterday by Mel Robbins. Okay. Um, and I really, really love it. Um, it's about like really like expressing gratitude for yourself and bigging yourself up and creating that, um, that positive feedback loop for yourself. Okay. I'm also reading Everyday Magic by Maddie James. Mm. How are you? How are you feeling really? Um, by Jenna Kutcher. And what else is on my nightstand? Um, I'm also reading Shook Ones by Charlemagne the God. That's oh. also in my Audible where I go back and forth. So like I generally depend on like the mood. Like, do I want to learn something? Yeah. Do I want to chill out? Like, am I looking for something funny? Yeah. Oh, and the last one I would say I'm reading, I'm reading a book about intimacy. It's like I think it's the seventh seven steps to intimacy um by Matthew Kelly. And that one's really interesting too. I love it. So I'm similar to you in the sense that I don't know what it is. I mean, back in back in the day, and I'm talking teens, when I was in my teens, I was a big yeah. reader, big, big reader. Like you couldn't, you couldn't find me without a book in my hand. And I feel like, gosh, I don't know what it is. If I really sort of take a moment to unpack it, I feel like once I got into the world of, of work and corporate and the grind, I just lost my zeal to read. Um, but the reality mm-hmm. was I was still buying books right? Like I was still asking oh, friends, like, what are you reading? <laughs> I have a library, Kimberly, full of books sure. that I haven't touched, that I haven't read, like even becoming Michelle Obama. I haven't, yes. haven't touched it yet. <laughs> that's how, that's how far back I need to go. Probably even further back. Oh my gosh. I switched to Audible for books like that. Does like, it work for you coming... though? Like, do you oh, not get distracted? Because I feel like no, mm. I give so I for me, I do it on a walk, I do it on a car ride. Mm. Um, Michelle Obama's becoming like top five best books on Audible that I've ever read. Really? I felt like we were best friends by the end. Like, I, I literally missed her. I felt like when I finished reading oh, because wow. it's like I, I got into such a routine of listening to her. Will Smith's book had to listen to it on Audible, okay, incredible. I started reading it, but I could hear his voice in my mind. So I was like, no, 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 no. I, I got to do Audible. I had to stop reading the book regular and had to go to Audible. Um, huh. Who else? Uh, Jennifer Lewis. Uh-huh. Her book on Audible is amazing. I read um, DVF. I always say it wrong. I don't want people to be laughing at me. Diane Vaughn, Button, Buttonsburg. Bust- yeah, Buttonsburg. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, the uh, creator of The Rap Press. Her book was incredible on Audible. Um, I just finished, um, what's his name? Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Yes. Had to hear. Had to hear <laughs> you had to hear that. Audible. I understand that one. Yes. <laughs> Kevin Hart books always have to be on Audible. Huh. I think it's when I, when I have, well, like when I have a relationship in my head <laughs> with the author. Yeah. I've got to hear them read it. And I, for me, it just like takes me away. And I think I read a lot of business books, like personal development so the audible when I'm reading, it's generally like for pleasure. Mm. Um, that takes me away. And I think also when I went through a period of not reading, I started reading like trash books that I'm not telling you. Okay. Nobody <laughs> needs to know that this is what I was reading. Um, but if you were with me, I'll open up my Kindle so I can show you. Okay, fair, fair. I'll read completely like trashy books that like I would not let anyone see me read. But that got me back into reading mm. because I was just like, enthralled with this trash story that like meant absolutely nothing but got me excited again because I was reading too much to help myself where I felt like I had Mm -hmm. to implement okay well I I honestly feel like maybe the next thing I don't know I have like I have the Will Smith book I have the Michelle Obama book a few others that you mentioned but I do think that um I might give Audible a try because I'm big on listening to podcasts while taking walks and whatnot um so yeah Thank you for that. I'm probably going to do that. And I think the key thing that she said was where you feel you have, you know, a relationship in your head with the author, mm-hmm. you go to Audible. Here's a tip for you. And maybe you have already. I don't know. Do you think you could record your book as Audible, given that you're my coach in my head and probably the coach in other people's heads? It could. So, so I traditionally publish. So my book is on Audible. Um, I did not read it though, and I'm really sad about it. That's a whole oh. long story. But for the next book, which I'm working on, um, I'm going to make sure that I 100% am able to do that. Um, I traditionally published. There's so many things that I did not know yeah. until I knew it. Yeah. And then I wasn't able to at that point. But I definitely want to make sure I'm able to read any books that I that I write moving forward. I love it. And the last, 
the last book I'll give you also Mariah Carey's book. Mariah Carey's book on Audible is amazing because she also sings a little bit in between. Oh, um, some awesome. people who are fun, they do like a little like Kevin Hart, he'll like mispronounce the word, but he'll keep it in there. Like he said something about a desert. He's like, oh my gosh, this desert? Or is it dessert? Oh. I'm confused. <laughs> and he'll like go back and forth. That's awesome. You get some of that on Audible that you wouldn't necessarily get on um when you read it. That's awesome. You get, you basically get their personality, which you yeah. don't necessarily get through reading words on a page. I love that. Exactly. Okay. We digressed a little bit, but so interesting That's to okay. me. <laughs> so let's navigate back to um, corporate. So I really wanted to touch base on like, you know, normalizing the leap, stepping off that corporate ladder. You know, we're always encouraged, you know, I think, I don't know, maybe not encouraged, but I feel like society is such that you know, this expectation to climb the ranks, to climb that ladder, to look for that next role and for that promotion, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but no one ever talks about normalizing the leap off the ladder, right? Like stepping off the ladder, if that's something somebody wants to do. And I know that you left corporate back in May of 2021. So it's it's been over a year for you. And I'm curious to know, how's it looking? And what tips do you have for other people who are potentially thinking about taking the leap? Oh my gosh, I have a million and one tips. That could be a whole podcast episode. <laughs> um, let me try and give you like the highlights. I think um, number one, do it when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, don't listen to nobody. Mm-hmm. I do not care what anybody tells you. You have to know that you're ready. Um, and I also think it's, it's very hard to know that you're ready 100%. Yeah. Um, I loved my corporate job. I loved my team, but for years I prayed and I, I don't know why I prayed this much. I got to be careful with my words. Manifestation is real. It is. But I, li- I literally prayed. I was like, God, I'm like, listen here. Like, I do not want to leave my job until I can no longer do both. Like that is when I know that I'll have to make a decision. Mm. And when I tell you it was so real oh, about wow. how stressed I was at my job and with my company, because my company was scaling and moving really fast. My job was scaling and moving really fast. And I really started to experience burnout where it's like, I had to make a decision. I have no idea how in like 2020, 2021, I wrote a book. I grew my business. Mm. I grew my team like in, in the corporate world. Like, I was working at scale at so many, I literally, I do not know, like, I really wish that I like did time tracking or something back then so I can see how I structured my time because I don't know how I did it. So, Mm -hmm. um, I say, don't be like me. I think part of it is having the faith and understanding, like, do you have something that, um, you can leap with that you can make money with, or do you have the savings to float yourself for a certain amount of time? Right. Um, make sure you have support. I think I had some really great, I had coaches who I work with, friends who I leaned on. Um, and then also something that no one told me until after is don't be surprised if like you burn out with your business in a little bit. A lot mm. of my friends who I've talked to have left their corporate job. And um, and I mean, if they were working at like a high level yeah, where it's like you, you're, you're pushing, like you don't, you don't get to chill because you're the one like moving and shaking. So you leave that high atmosphere and then you go to your business and now you have this like, oh, I got to make money. I got to make money. I got to make money. So you're like pushing, pushing, pushing. And then you wake up a few months later and like, you don't understand why you feel unmotivated. You feel super tired. I burned out for a little bit because I left my job in May. My book dropped in June. Again, do not recommend. I probably should have left my my job in January. So it's like, I never had any down period. It was like, cause I was already behind on book promotions because I was working this crazy job. Right. So I didn't slow down until probably January of 2022. And I woke up and I was like, yeah, hey, I didn't, I had no idea how much money I made in the year. I was just send, sending invoices and making sure they're collected. Like I wasn't even, I, <laughs> I didn't even have a concept of it. I made more money than I ever did. Wow. Um, but I was also like, so historically tired. Mm. And it took me a minute. So now I'm slowly getting back to like feeling, feeling like myself and understanding that I can, I can flush all of the rules down the toilet that I knew before and really create what I want to create. Because I think as an entrepreneur, especially if you've participated in coaching programs, you're on all the Instagrams, you're on all the things, like everybody's telling you how you should do it. But the reality is you need to do it how you want to do it. Yeah, completely. Now tell me about that moment where you were like, I I have to do it. I have to take this leap and start manifest yourself. Was there a pivotal moment that you remember that you can share with us? 
Uh, so I started my fashion club back in like, I've, I joke and say I've been playing on the internet since like 2011. Okay. Um, manifest yourself. I, so manifest yourself.com launched in January of 2013. I incorporated in 2017. Mm. Um, so it was like a slow, steady grind, but in terms mm. of resigning, I actually had a business coach who I worked with in January, 2021. We were at an event. Um, and I got referred to him because I, I had some mindset blocks that I wanted to work on because for me, a lot of it has come around confidence and believing in myself, believing yeah. in what I'm doing yeah. um, and like knowing it in my soul. And I had asked a question. I forgot what the question was, but his answer like broke me down. Like I was crying. I went to go sit down. He's like, I ain't done with you. I ain't done. Like get her some tissue, but you go listen. And I remember sitting up there and boo crying and talking about like my vision and really how to bridge that gap. And he told me to write my letter of resignation. Mm. And I was like, uh, yeah, okay. Like I've like done that exercise before, but I wrote the letter of resignation and I, the date was actually within a week of when my last day at my corporate job was. Um, and that was the moment where I just felt in that moment was like, no, I actually have to do this. Like I I actually like, I don't have an excuse anymore. Like I ran out of Mm -hmm. excuses as to why I shouldn't make the leap. It's like, and I got to the point of if I don't do this, I will be more disappointed in myself if I don't do this and try, I would rather try it and fail to say I did it than like not do it and be scared and stay here with, you know, the golden handcuffs. Oh my God. Those golden handcuffs Uh, are real. (laughs) So real. It feels good. Oh, it does. (laughs) So like, I'd rather do that and fail and have to come back. I'm like, because where I am, my relationships I built, the contacts I have, I can come back and get a job if I really wanted one. I may be sad. Yeah, but I I know I could get it. It's like I have to give it a go. We all need that push. So I'm really glad. I'm glad for you. You know that you had somebody that was able to, you know, get you to the point where you were like, you know what, I am going to write that resignation letter mm-hmm. and I am going to hand it in and and do this thing. Yes, indeed. Ah, oh, so when you handed in your letter of resignation how, what feelings do you remember that you felt at that time? Oh, I was scared shitless. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I was in a global role and I was an inaugural person in that role. So I built my role and everyone on my team's role from scratch. Mm. Um, so I was a subject matter expert um, globally for the work that I did. So I had this huge sense of like responsibility, like if not, mm. if not me, then who? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was definitely really scared, but I think at that time people had an inkling. Like Kim's life outside of work is like she's yeah, she's kind of doing some stuff. Like we gonna I don't I don't know how long we gonna be able to keep her. And the company I worked for wasn't um, the most friendly toward entrepreneurs. Okay. Um I had frequently talked to legal counsel, compliance, corporate affairs. Like I was always compliant, let's just say that. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't one of those companies where it's like, oh, we love entrepreneurs. Please have a side hustle. <laughs> it was like, no, 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 no. It's your job. Like, yep. I hope you know who comes first. Yep. So I think there's there's a little bit of tension there. I think, and um, so I was scared. Um, I actually, I think I cried when I told one of my team members. I think the first time I said I was resigning, I started crying. I was like, oh my god, like why am I crying? <laughs> and where did this all come from? <laughs> <laughs> And my, my one of my team members, she's like, am I the first person you told? I was like, yeah, this is not okay. I, <laughs> I just, I felt such a sense of responsibility to guide my team into the work that we were doing that I was definitely sad. Um, and I knew that I was like, okay, like, what can I do? I'm very big. I'm like, how can I put a bow on this? So I wrote like a beautiful transition plan, marked out like the profiles where they need to hire after. I even offered to stay on a little bit longer to help hire the person. Oh, that's um, nice. If they needed it. Um, so I definitely did. I, I knew like, let me do everything I can to make this transition as easy as possible. And that's what kind of helped get me through. But I wasn't like hip hip array. I was like, oh, like I was, I was nervous. Like, yeah. yeah. I was nervous. I was scared. And I woke up for months after that, like every single morning. I was like, shit. I have no job. I have no job. I don't think my wake up thought, I have no job. (laughs) It is real. Last Thursday was my last day. And, you know, we've had the long Labor Day weekend. So those days didn't count. So what is it today? Today's Friday. It's been the first week. 
um, I definitely do have those feelings too of like, oh, wow, like I don't have to turn on my work laptop and join a Microsoft Teams meeting. Like, it feels oh my goodness. weird. You don't hear Slack notifications. I, I know. For months after, I'm like, is that Slack? It's like, Kim, no, it's not. It's not. You're good. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so real. Like, honestly, I, it's, it's almost like the ghost, um, the ghost sounds like I walk around yes. the house and I feel like I can hear that ringtone from my Microsoft teams. Like somebody's yes. calling me, but no one is calling me. No one is calling. That's, that's what happens. I think in some of these positions when you're so used to being on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yes. Like when, you know, we work from home, like, you know, we've all done yep. like the load of laundry real quick or ran yep. the errand real quick. We've all done it, but let's not lie to people. Right. Not we lying. all do it. Not lying. I'm like, but when you're in certain roles, like, like I was joking, like when you see those like Instagram memes where someone's like on a flight and they invite you to a meeting, it's like, I never had a job where I could like, I couldn't get that crazy with it. Right. I'm yeah. able to get my nails done right quick. Yeah. But like the anxiety I felt while getting my nails done. Oh my gosh. It is. I can only imagine. <laughs> like you have to make sure all the notifications are on. Sometimes I'd still bring my laptop so I can make sure I still had it. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like my my version of that, of you getting your nails done for me was maybe going to get my braids done on a day. Yep. And I would select a day where I literally have like no meetings and I don't have to be of on course. video. And there's always that anxiety that someone's going to put in that last minute <laughs> video call exactly. while I'm getting my braids done, done in the salon. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's like, let me just not even do it. I can't even enjoy it right I know. Now. <laughs> I know. Okay. I want to talk about quiet quitting because everyone's talking yes. about quiet quitting, right? Like quiet uh, quitting. I have my opinions about it. I personally think that it's a bit of an overused and exaggerated term. I mean, quiet quitting to me is people just doing that job. Um, but Kimberly, I want to, I want to hear from you. What do you think about it? Quiet quitting is some bull. That's what I want to say. And I'm, I'm, I'm so tired of hearing people talk about it because um, quiet quitting is really about setting boundaries in the workplace. And setting boundaries starts from the moment you start at the company. I think there's part of it that is the company's responsibility, creating a culture that maximizes productivity but doesn't burn people out. Mm -hmm. But I also think part of it is on the employee to make sure that you're setting boundaries and understanding is it the hustle season or is it a rest season? Like I have a podcast about that. Yeah. Like this is a season where you are pushing for promotion where, you know, you're going to do that extra project. You're going to hop online early, or is this like a normal work season where it's like, Hey, if it's summer Fridays, why are you staying until five o'clock when you were told you could log up at two? Yeah. Right. Like you're doing too much. So I think it's, setting proper boundaries and also not even just setting the boundaries with yourself because quiet quitting is basically saying like, you don't even tell nobody, you just do it. Like you just mm -hmm. log off at five. It's mm -hmm. like advocating for yourself and saying, Hey, like what are the priorities? If you get that eighth project on your desk, like all oh, this needs to be done end of day, it's being able to go back to your boss and say, Hey, like, well, I have projects one through seven as well. Yeah. So how can we like, A, can I get this to you on Friday? Or like on Monday instead of like today, end of day. Because a lot of people don't even ask for extensions when they need it. Mm -hmm. And B, how is this going to impact projects one through seven? Absolutely. That were also a priority. So we either need to delegate or we're pushing these deadlines back. But what's not going to happen is that you're getting one through eight by end of day today. No. I think it's being able to have those conversations. A lot of people will let things happen to them in the workplace without advocating for themselves properly. And like, and let's, this is taking out like, toxic workplaces, bad bosses, because we've all had them, right? Yeah. But I think in general, most of my clients, it's rare when I hear someone who's actually can articulate that they've asked for an extension or they've asked for like, how do I prioritize like mm -hmm. the 10 things that you've given me? People yeah. don't ask. They just assume and drive themselves into the ground. And then you want to quiet quit. You know, I think that... I'm just, you know, as you're saying all of that, I'm sort of trying to figure out like, why, why is it that way? And I think what comes to mind, especially for people of color, women of color in the workplace, um, I feel like we, we feel like we have to do it all right. I feel mm -hmm. like when our bosses or, you know, whoever it is comes to us and gives us that extra project or comes to us and says, okay, we're going to expand your role or comes to us you know, and says, you know, we're going to expand your role and we're, no, we're not going to promote you because we don't have the dollars for it or whatever it is. And I've, I've had this experience before. Although inside us, we are like, 
damn, like more mm-hmm. with nothing, with no recognition, with no reward. We just, we take it. We take it because we feel like we have to prove a point. We take it because we feel like we have to work, you know, harder than everyone else. You know, we all know the phrase, but there has to come a time where we have to set those boundaries. And, you know, that was my experience very recently. And I just think that the way that we were brought up, the way that we were raised was very much put your head down, do the Uh job, do it really well to the best of your abilities. Don't complain, don't challenge, don't push back. And that was me for a lot of years. <laughs> that was me for a lot of years, yeah. right? Like, I just think that we have to set boundaries to your point. And that's really important. I even bought, um, I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly, Nidra Tawab's book, Setting Boundaries yes, yes. and Finding Peace. Yep. I bought that book for my direct reports, two of them, because I do think that we need to have a conversation about what it looks like to set boundaries, not just personally, but professionally too. So a hundred percent. I think it's also realizing how different the world of work was like, um, and it's no shade to our parents, no shade to the older generation, no. right? Like we, we no. respect you. However, pause comma, like you did not have a laptop to bring home. You did not have a work cell phone to bring yes. home. You had a PC with that big old motherboard. Yes. So even if you worked late, you still got home and got to be 110% disconnected. Yeah. And someone would have had to call your home phone to tell you that the world is on fire. Yes, so and, true. <laughs> like, which wouldn't have, they would just tell you right when you walked in the office at nine. So I think that there's also this piece of like bigger boundaries are needed to be set and held. And we need to be held more accountable for that because we don't have that separation of like work and whatnot. Like I think that the baby boomer generation, they they weren't talking about bringing their authentic selves to work. And I'm like, it is probably because they had more time to be their authentic selves than we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for <laughs> because, sure. because they were able to check out and disconnect. Um, we're not able to disconnect even like completely off tangent, but I always liken it to like when people talk about cyberbullying. So my, my mm-hmm. master's is in, is in counseling. And we always talked about how, like, when you were a kid and you got bullied, like, back in the day, like, we didn't have no cell phones. There was no Instagram. There was no TikTok. Like, you just got bullied and it sucked. And then you went home and you still had your friends or your family. Mm-hmm. The school would be a little bad. But, you know, when you went home, it was your safe haven. Yeah. But with the internet, it is 24-7. Yeah, it's constant. It is 24-7. And that's why there's so many issues with these babies who are getting bullied mm-hmm. because of it being 24-7. And we're doing the same thing with ourselves work. We're letting these employers bully us mm-hmm. um, because it, we, it can be 24-7, especially now with so many people allowing you to work from home. Yeah. And even as an entrepreneur, I bully myself with work, <laughs> like, all the time. <laughs> like, I don't even need the corporate structure to do it. I just do it to myself. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, it's so real. We need boundaries, period. Not just in like interpersonal relationships, but with how we treat ourselves when it comes to work with our bosses, with the companies. And it doesn't have to be this like guillotine. It's like being able to communicate because essentially you're almost ghosting your employer with quiet quitting. Like after doing all this extra work for so long and now you're going to wake up one day and just log off at five when we know for two years you've been on until seven. Yep. It's like you set expectations by how you behave every day. Absolutely. Oh, okay. So the topic that we're here to talk about, day design. Day design, mm-hmm. designing your day. Yes, so do you practice day design, Kimberly? A little bit. I think that um, prior to leaving corporate America, I was kind of radical with my schedule how I ran my day Mm -hmm. for years like I was that person who got up at five and I was reading the the miracle morning by Hal Elrod and I was doing like that five minute routine that I worked on my business or went to the gym went to the gym worked on my business and then went to my job Mm -hmm. so I was a bit radical with my time but I think I'm in a period where my day design right now is much more based in flow um to give myself just a little more breathing room because after having so much structure, I'm starting to rebuke structure a little bit. Okay. So I'm in a period of, of trying to figure out like, okay, what feels good and not like I'm imposing corporate structure on myself the way I used to have. Mm, yeah. It's almost like breaking the cycle, right? In yeah. Like what feels good? Like how can I be happy 
and not feel like, feel like uh, I got to log on to work. And it's like, no, you work so hard building this company. Like, I don't want to feel like that. Yeah. I'm like, so how can I structure my day to, to feel better? Okay. So I want to come back to that, but tell me which part of the day you're the most productive. So generally in the mornings, like uh, when I have to do any type of writing, so when I'm writing for the cut, when I'm writing for myself, my newsletters, um, or working on my book, it's generally in the morning. I can roll out of bed at like 6 a.m. and I can write more in that first one to two hours, like Mm -hmm. 10 times more than if you try and get me to write something after three o'clock. Yeah. Um, probably honestly after like two o'clock. Yeah. Um, it just does not flow. The morning, if I've got to get something done, it is like roll out of bed, maybe grab some coffee and then go right into it. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm totally the same when I was, um, in my, it feels so weird to say in my old job, like it still feels so strange. It's, still, it's so exciting. It's exciting, but it's strange using past language, yeah. but in my old job, um, I was definitely clear with my team that guys, if you need to brainstorm with me for anything, right, make sure it's a morning session just because anytime mm-hmm. after say two o'clock, 3 PM in the afternoon, you're not going to be able to get anything out of me. Like I'm just not creative yeah. in the afternoon. So I hear you on the morning piece while well, you're rebuking routine. So we hear that you're trying to figure <laughs> out your flow and what feels good to, to you. Is there anything that you've landed on that is working for you or are you still figuring it all out? So one of the things that um, with a business coach who I'm working with now that we've kind of settled on is we determine like what is the big thing for the day? Like literally saying today I will be successful when, Mm. period. And it's like, what is the thing that I have to get done and then I'm successful? Mm. I think I used to have these massive, massive to-do lists and I have a whole process that that I use for what I kind of organize my own tasks. And it was like this, like a mammoth that can feel like wildly overwhelming. And in this season of me trying to work in a little bit more flow, I'm like, all right, today will be successful when, mm. period. I and that. I write that down. Everything else goes underneath that, of course, because there's still more things, obviously, like you work all the time. Yep. But I kind of lay out the top, maybe like one to two things. Mm. Um, some, no more than three tops. And if there's three, it can't, like, they have to be reasonable, right? Yep. Like, can I actually get this done in a day? Um, and that's what I've worked on to, to get done. And I think also for my business, I think I'm also doing more project planning. Okay. I think of literally breaking down everything it takes to do whatever the main goal is. Yep. So that it's much more minute. So I can like break those things off to chunks. I think I'm getting more and more granular. Um, And for me as an entrepreneur, my goal is to scale and build a company. I don't want to be a solopreneur. I have a full-time assistant Mm. now and some contractors. But my goal is to build a a larger company, a larger leadership development company. So me documenting my processes and kind of putting together my brain of how I go about doing things and documenting that as much as possible so I'm able to delegate is also really big for me in this season. I love when you said that today I will be successful when, and it's literally the one thing at most, it'll be three things on your list. And it just kind of goes back to what I was um, saying earlier about ultimately we want to feel that feel good factor at the end of the day, be realistic, you know, don't, you don't need to strive to have a 10 item to do list. You're never going to feel good at the end of the day. You're always going to be chasing that feel good factor, but never really achieving it because you were unrealistic with the ask in the first place. So I absolutely love that. Today, I will be successful when people pleasing, right? The people who want to do all the things for all the people, all hours of the day, every day. Like, is there one tip you have for these group of people? That's a really great question. My initial my initial reaction is to say therapy. Oh. Um, and I don't say that with offense. I say it with like, I'm a big, huge, massive believer in therapy because it's like getting to the root. People pleasing generally is like, why are you people pleasing? Is it because you're afraid of rejection? Mm. Um, not being able to advocate for yourself? Um, I do feel peer pressure. Like, what is it that is causing you to people please? Yeah. And I think you have to almost like retrain your brain to prioritize what's important for you. And I know I'm big on therapy and that's helped me significantly in doing, in doing that. Um, so now I kind of lean into like joy a lot more. It's like, does this feel good to me? Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't feel good. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Like I have to like, I have to feel good. Like 
And I know, like, we're talking about work, you know, sometimes it's a little bit harder. But anything outside of, like, a work where there's, like, a job description you got to adhere to, it's, like, does this feel good? Do I want to do this? Like, if there were no consequences, would I do this? Mm. Mm. That's a good one. And the therapy piece is, is, it just makes a lot of sense, right? Because you essentially want to figure out what what is the root cause of why I am people pleasing and Mm -hmm. therapy is definitely a good way to be able to reveal or or unpack a lot of that that's a great tip right there okay so I'm I'm super like in everything that you've shared with me so far I get the sense and feeling can believe that you are in the space of and actually you've mentioned it before right I've I've must have been in a podcast or somewhere on social that you're striving for a life of ease. And that's actually something that's really, really pertinent to me right now in the stage of my life and career. So I want to talk a little bit about self-care. What are you doing on your ideal day off? What does that look like for Kimberly? Um, so generally, so every Friday is a day where I say at my company, we don't do meetings. It has to be urgent in order for me to hop on a call or do anything with anyone on a Friday. Um, so for me, self-care is also about managing my time and my schedule. So I have like a CEO calendar rules template that my assistant gets so that she knows when to book, when to not book, all the things mm-hmm. um, so that I have built in time to do self-care. So for me, I'm a, I'm a little old school, so I don't care what people say about like, well, going to the spa is not self-care. Well, you know what? It's self-care for me because right. um, I'm, I'm someone who needs to check out and going to a spa forces me to check out. I need to not be able to have my phone, not have access mm. to other people and just be able to sit. And being in a spa is one of those things I can do it because I'll try and leave my phone in the other room or do whatever else. And I'm going to go get it or I'll be thinking about the daggone phone. Yeah. So <laughs> going to the spa, um, getting like my regular whatever appointments that I like to get to upkeep, like my own beauty, beauty routine or just self, like how I feel, like I'm big on massage therapy. Oh, yes. um, I have a massage book this myself, afternoon. Yes. I am thrilled. Ooh, and, dude, I love it. Like I'm big on massage therapy. Mm-hmm. I'm big on getting good sleep. I yep. love like decadent dinners with myself. Like I'll take myself out to dinner. Oh, um, I think it. I just like indulge. I do all the things I think that like you want someone else to do for you. Mm-hmm. I think I'm learning to like, how can I set myself up and do them for myself? I, so do you schedule this stuff though? Because I feel like with days off, right. There are lots of people who, you know, they'll have a summer Friday or they'll have a day off during the week, but they don't plan how they're going to utilize the day off. So I think it depends. So I have a rule that I do nothing on Sundays. If you see mm-hmm. me out of the house on a Sunday, please know it's because it was by force or like, I really love whoever I'm spending time with that day, yeah. but I literally do nothing. So outside of like having to walk my dog in yeah. the morning and at night, I will not commit to anything for anyone. Mm. So I allow myself to have days like inflow where it's like, all right, what do I feel like eating? Like, what do I want? Like, I don't do anything. And there's other days like, um, like a Friday or like a Saturday where it's like, okay, like I, I'm going to like take myself here. Like I'll make a reservation. Yeah. But I will say I generally have one day where it's like, I, there's a flow. Okay. But it's just whatever, whatever moves me, I may lay in bed all day mm. or sit on the couch and just watch like a bunch of movies, um, one after the other, after the other and order my favorite takeout. It depends. I do a combination. I think for things like spa treatments, like nail care, hair care, those type of things. I'm doing a whole like little day for myself. I do schedule that so I, yeah. I can look forward to it. Yeah. But I think there is a power in like, ooh, like I'm excited to go here. Like I know this is going to happen on this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also try and schedule like do nothing time. And if I feel like doing something, then I will. So that's the perfect segue to chatting a little bit about beauty. So the texture lounge is definitely anchored in the world of beauty. So do you have any beauty appointments in the calendar coming up? Uh, I'm going to get a pedicure this afternoon. I will say that. Um, I got, I got my manicure yesterday. So I have a, a a nail tech who I see who I'm big on. So I do like neutral, like nail designs. I don't like doing anything too crazy. Okay. Um, But I like, I'm very big on like the shape of the nails, overall nail care and nail health, that is special woman who I go to to do my nails and then pedicures. Um, I probably need to get a massage on the calendar. I used to do like a monthly one, but I'm in between like finding my next like spot spot that I really, really like. And I think I found it. So I'm probably going to send that sign up for their like 
monthly package where you get like infrared sauna mm. and the massage and all that. Ugh. Um, and I generally do facials too. So, okay. um, I had some medical stuff earlier this year, so I wasn't able to, I haven't gone in like four or five months now. Okay. So I'm going back for my first facial in a while, but normally I go once a month okay. um, to get a really good facial. Uh, that's awesome. I'm not big on facials. I'm starting to get into them. I had my first facial in a long time. I want to say, I don't know, maybe around April of this year. I have another one scheduled in October, but I do want to get myself mm. into a routine of like, you know, maybe, you know, quarterly as the seasons change. But the one thing that I do have constantly booked in my calendar every month on a Friday is a massage. Like I found this amazing woman here in Austin recommended to me by my cousin who lives here. And uh, she comes to the house once a month and I get a nice 90 minute massage from her. And today's today is one of those days. So I'm, I'm so excited about it. Like it's so good to have something in the calendar that you can look forward to. Yes, indeed. Enjoy. I will. All right. So growing up, are there any, were there any beauty rituals that you grew up with that you still maintain today? Oh no. My mom was so simple. Oh yeah. Like never did nails, eyebrows. Like, um, I used to, like we used to go to the salon, JCPenney hair salon Oh yeah. to get our hair done. But it was like, I only went to like touch up the relaxer. Mm -hmm. Like it was never like that bi-weekly appointment where you go I think I didn't start getting into like beauty routines until college okay and I think I saw I think partially I was from I'm from a very small town in the middle of Connecticut I feel like I don't want to say people aren't that fancy there but I feel like it wasn't like sometimes you got like manicures but it wasn't like I didn't have a lot of women in my life who had like this consistent like routine of how they do things but now I definitely do. And sometimes I realize, I'm like, I guess I kind of do a lot. Because when people ask me, they're like, you do this, 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 this. <laughs> now I have it. But growing up, it was like, you know, go to JCPenney's, yep. get my um, get my uh, relaxer touch-up. When I was relaxed, I didn't go natural till college. Yep. Um, <laughs> and, that was, and that was really good. And my nails for special occasions only. Fair enough. Um, but other than that, everything was DIY. It's a very functional. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So when would you say you feel the most beautiful these days? Hmm. Probably in the evenings. I think I'm working on having a better nighttime, like wind down routine for myself. Mm. Um, so taking a shower with all my favorite stuff, doing my full facial routine. Um, maybe about a year to two years ago, I started like really wearing like nicer pajamas oh, and not yes. just an old t-shirt. Yes. So, like I always, Oh my God, I'm so transitioning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, and it feels so much better. Like once I, I generally have like a silk or satin, like, um, like longer, like button down that I wear to bed. Mm-hmm. I have a sleep shirt. Um, I'm all oiled up, looking like a glazed donut. Oh yeah. Like I light, I light my <laughs> candle. Mm. Uh, I have like a bedtime candle that I generally light. Like, I think I generally feel like the most calm, relaxed, beautiful at that time when I'm like, okay, the day is done. Like, this is like my time and I can do whatever I want to do at that point. I love it. So luxe. So luxe. Yeah. Um, so tell me about some beauty products that you're obsessed with, whether it's makeup, skincare or hair. Like, what are some of your go-to faves? Oh, gosh. So I'm a big fan of Dermalogica. Okay. Um, I started using them a few years ago. So a lot of my skincare for my face is from them. Mm-hmm. Um, beauty by Africa Miranda. I believe she's stopping um the uh, creation of her stuff but like mm. I love it's still last time I checked it was still I went and I bought like three or four bottles oh, wow. but she has oh. this like facial elixir that I love um I also use Corology so I have the like retin-a like every night for like some dark spot stuff that I work on retin-a is like amazing yep um <laughs> <laughs> what else um so say one of my best friends works for this beauty company called say and they have these lip glosses that are in Incredible. How do you spell uh, this brand? S-A-I-E. Okay. I'll look them up. Um, and she gave me some of their lip balm and I'm like, oh my goodness, like I'm addicted. Like I have it in every purse. Like it's just you will not see me without some of it there. It's like it has a beautiful tint to it. Okay. It's not too much. Yeah. Um, I'm not someone who wears a lot of makeup. I just don't have the patience to learn how to really do it. Mm-hmm. Um and I think in terms of like makeup, I would probably say I'm obsessed with the makeup HD forever. Oh, like yeah. their foundation stick. It makes it really easy for non-makeup girls like me. And 
What's the mascara I just got into? I feel like it may even be Sephora brand. They had a mascara that was, I used to use Milk and I loved it, but mm. I Sephora brand was on sale one day and I tried it and I was like, oh my gosh, like it's this is incredible. Really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Super I think those are, those are my things. I love it. Now, I was going to ask you, if you were in a rush and you only had 15 minutes, would you do your makeup or your hair? But I feel like the answer is not going to be makeup. Is that right? So you know what? It's going to be makeup only because my uh-huh. hair, I have twists right now. So my twist oh. is going to shake them out and go about there my you business. Go. <laughs> but um, I will say that only 15 minutes, it doesn't really count or apply to me only because I don't know what would take me more than 15 minutes to do my makeup because I don't do it like that. So it always uh. takes. That is fair. Because it's like foundation. Mm -hmm. I finally started using, I don't even know what it's called, but it's like, it's not like when you're baking, but it's like the powder that helps like setting powder. Oh yeah. Setting setting. powder. Yeah. Yeah. So foundation, setting powder, powder, maybe a little eyeliner, mascara, a little bit of like blush bronzer, Mm -hmm. and maybe a lip if I'm not wearing just like a tinted like lip gloss or something. Yeah. That's my makeup routine. Like that's all you're getting. My eyebrows are microbladed. I love so I never it. have to do my eyebrows, so I can never draw them perfectly anyway. Oh, that's a, that's so, a skill in itself. I don't like, that's an them. art form. It's an art form. I will say that um, I'm similar to you in the sense that for me, makeup is not the thing. For me, it's more skincare. Like I, I love to spend time, mm. you know, making sure my skin is moisturized and is the best that it can possibly be. But when I do wear some makeup, I don't know if you've heard of them, but there's this brand called Ami Cole, which is black owned. And um, yeah, she has launched some skin tints. So it's not foundation. It's more like a, a really light pigmented lotion kind of thing. And okay. um, they have a bunch of different shades. It goes on really smoothly, really lightweight. So in case you're ever, you know, looking for something that isn't quite a foundation, but you still want a little bit of coverage, definitely one that I would recommend. I've been using them a little bit more recently. Adding to my list. Thank you. They are not paying me. <laughs> Let me just say that. Let me noted, just say that. Noted. No affiliate link. <laughs> no. So we're basically coming to the end of this, um, Kimberly. Are there any programs or upcoming projects that you would love to, to plug? Oh, gosh. Well, I will say, if you are a professional who is looking to make your next move, I have a leadership development community called Next Move, Best Move Community. And you get access to all of my courses, you get to chat with me weekly in group career coaching sessions. That's generally why I tell people if you're looking to get involved in a community that's really helping you make your next move, I invite you to join me there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like, you know, all my links are everywhere. Like Kimberly Be Online will take you everywhere, whether it's um, my podcast or inviting me to speak at your company, reading articles in the cut, everything is is on the website or social media. I think Instagram and LinkedIn are the places I play the most. So we'll make sure to add those links to the show notes so anyone can find you super easy. And here's the last question. What is one word that captures how you are feeling now that we've gotten to the end of this episode? Oh, gosh, I'm super relaxed. Ah! (laughs) Um, And I will say I'm super relaxed because I'm I'm on my phone instead of my computer. So I think I told you I was sitting in the window. Yeah. Um, But the heat is like beating me down now. And I love sitting in the sun like on the beach. Oh, so it yes. reminds me of that. So I'm just laid back here like, oh, this is just so, so amazing. I love but it. I'm, I took <laughs> you to the beach this Friday. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. That's how I feel. Like I'm relaxed and I'm, I'm just excited to kind of just like roll into the weekend. Amazing. I will. Can I say one more thing now? Because I feel like yeah. one thing I hate that people do is I feel like when they mention like they've worked with people and they don't say who it is. Yeah. Um, so I just want to give the two names of folks who I mentioned today. Yeah. So the high performance coach who coached me before I left. Um, corporate America. His name is James Simpson, specifically works for high performance. Okay. And then I mentioned the today I will be successful when happened from my coach. I'm currently in Michael Hyatt's business accelerator program mm. and you get a one-on-one coach and I'm working with a man named Kevin Jennings, who is phenomenal. Okay. Um, just so in case people were interested, I always feel like sometimes I listen to podcasts and I'm like, Oh, like I really wish they said who it was. Yeah. Like, Let me not be that person in this <laughs> I appreciate that. That is awesome and really important information as well. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you loved what you heard, it would mean so much to me if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and leave a five-star rating. All of this helps and I appreciate all of it. Take care. Talk soon.